Welcome to ReCommerce, a podcast for e-commerce wearable brands navigating technical complexity and change. Brought to you by Command-C. Hello, and welcome to another episode of ReCommerce. I'm excited to be here today with Nicole Reed, who's our sales and marketing manager. And we are going to talk through 10 trends to know in retail tech today. Hey, Nicole. Hi there, Sarah. Great to be here. I'm thrilled to have you. So let's jump right in and start talking about the first trend on your list. What is it? Well, it's basically the big news coming out of holiday 2018, which is that more people are buying clothes online. The category of apparel and accessories saw a nice leap forward in the holiday shopping of 2018, including a nearly 8% increase year over year of the holiday season 2017 to 2018. So it just goes to show that people are getting more and more comfortable and ready to buy clothes online. That's awesome. Yeah. For us, I guess it means we have a job. <laughs> So taking that trend number one is that more people are buying clothes online. That leads us to trend number two and number three, which point to the reasons why. Um, trend number two is that there's been a retailer attitude shift around returns. And as a result, people are feeling a lot more comfortable with buying clothes online. They're feeling like if it doesn't work out, there's... Um, path of recourse that's not going to be too difficult. You know, for the longest time, retailers used to really look at returns like this is just a part of our business. We just lose, you know, like we're mm -hmm. in the old P&L, like that's just going to be in the last category. So mm -hmm. thinking they were going to lose like 20% of the business. Um, hmm. That is really shifting. And I think one of the ways that one of the companies that you know, really kind of led the charge on this and a lot of other companies are, are picking up the attitude would be um, Casper Mattress, for example. Mm -hmm. So mm -hmm. you buy a mattress online, that sounds a little strange. You know, I haven't talked about something you want to touch and feel and see how it is on your body and all that kind of thing. So you get the mattress, you can sleep on it for a hundred nights and then they still allow you to return it. So that's fascinating. And I mean, I can imagine that like, if money weren't an object, I could come, you know, we, merchants could come up with all sorts of creative ways to accept returns. But how does a company that's selling this significant, and I mean, significant in terms of size thing, just sort of accept that they might get this costly product back? Like what, what do they do with that? How do they make sense of that? Well, the real answer that they're coming up with there is that they then take mattresses that have been returned and donate them. So I'm sure there's a tax benefit to those donations. There's also a um, community benefit and things like that. So they've really created a closed loop system, which gives 
customers happiness because if the mattress didn't work out, they get to return it free of charge. And also they further, it's not like the mattress just goes into the trash and it's written off as a loss and that's all it is. It has a life Mm -hmm. beyond the return. And I mean, it does amazing things for their brand, right? Like if they're donating those mattresses, like, wow, like that's really cool. Or even recycling. I mean, certain materials, some companies maybe, um, you know, I I know in the past we've talked about this company, um, Third Love, and they are a bra company and they donate their bras, returned bras, um, back to women in need. And so, you know, just kind of the the business case for branding there is absolutely third love says wear it wash it for 60 days and you can still return it and that just goes so far in giving people the experience and i'll say this as a uh someone who has just purchased recently <laughs> uh, you know you you start to love a bra <laughs> so, it, you know, so it's like just the fact that by that offer, they allowed me to take the leap, you know, okay, well, how, you yeah. know, I'm not going to really, I don't have anything to lose. So let me see what this is. You know? Yeah. I think it also speaks to the company's confidence in their product, which then makes me more confident that I'm going to like and enjoy that product too. Like, hey, you're willing to take this back? Like, must be a good thing. Like, you must be pretty sure that I'm going to want to keep it. Absolutely. And, you know, I saw a brand the other day on Instagram and their motto was that they have a touch first policy and it was a clothing company. And I thought that was huh. so interesting because that's what physical retail is, you know, like always had a touch first yeah. policy, but here we are, you know, because I want the convenience of being able to buy it from my phone. They're assuring me that I can touch it, see how it fits, you know, wear it around uh, for a little bit, see how it feels on the skin and then decide whether or not to keep it. So yeah, it's just been a real attitude shift uh, about returns. And I think what, what I'm really loving about it is it benefits customers, but it also companies have figured out a way to make it work for them too. So super smart. Yeah. So but the other reason that I, we can really point to why people are buying more clothes online. Trend number three is that online shoppers are getting a better fit. Um, the world of e-commerce sizing technology has really grown by leaps and bounds. Yeah. And, you know, I really had an, you know, I mentioned third love um, just now in the trend number two about online returns regarding sizing. Third love was really interesting too, because they had a, there's a sizing quiz and it's not just a quiz where you're, you know, you're going to put in your different standard measurements. Um, but it's also talking about like size and shape and, you know, like all of these things that I was like, gosh, I had no idea so much went into creating a bra, you know, it was, it was really interesting. And what I'm also really liking. So, you know, I answered all these questions then in order to get my final size from third love, they prompted me to enter my email. So, okay, I get that, you know, like they want, to make that connection. So I entered my email. Now I'm on their email list. And as they push products my way, 
whenever I see a product that I like and I click on it to learn more, it automatically highlights the size that they know would fit me best. Wow. Right? So it's like, we're just established. They remember who I am. They know my size. This is a, you know, underwear shopping, I think for anyone is always a little tricky and horribly tricky for women. Right. So it's just been really fascinating to like to kind of take away that barrier. You know what I mean? Like this is just the the size for you. The the psychology of intimacy in that experience for a company that's selling undergarments is so brilliant. And I mean, these are just kind of like the strategic decisions that thrill me in e-commerce, right? It's like, it, it makes me think not to kind of go in a totally different direction here, but it just makes me think about the opportunity in e-commerce. Like, I think it's really easy for merchants, especially if you had a brick and mortar store before you had an online experience to sort of think about e-commerce as like, how can I recreate the brick and mortar experience for my e-commerce users? But there's this whole other world of like, what are the infinite possibilities that are things that have never, ever before occurred in retail that are unique to e-commerce? And that just feels like it's checking that box for me. Absolutely. You know, I think about that a lot. Like it. For the longest time, you know, we were saying, oh, no, you know, e-commerce is going to take the people out of commerce, you know, that right. it's going to be technical and that it's going to thus have like an anonymous, distant feeling. And what this what the trends here today are really showing us is that the boomerang is coming back, Yeah, that people are getting back into commerce and that the sites and companies that recognize that really build the long-term relationship with the customers. Trend number four. So, and I appreciated you talking about physical retail because that's trend number four, which is that digital and physical retail are increasingly inner, they're interplaying. Um, You know, it's, it's interesting because we, you know, they were really sort of two distinct things for a while. And at this point, you know, there, it's just a real mix. And particularly where we're seeing that, I, where I want to talk about that is looking at physical retail and how they're bringing technology into the store. Um, so, for example, we've got a store in Nolita. I'm in New York City. In the neighborhood of Nolita, there's uh, Reformation. And Reformation has, you know, rather than have a store, like I think we all know the experience of going to get something at a store and searching for our size and maybe having like 10 garments on our arm while we're like going through a pile of clothes to try to find our size. Reformation has done away with that. Their store is essentially like a sample store, almost like when you go to buy a bridal gown or something like that. Like you're trying on the sample and then it gets fitted to you. But that's with Reformation, you're trying on, you see the sample and then you go to a touch screen and you look for on the touch screen, you look for the size that you're looking for. So you're no longer like having to go through like piles of clothes to try to find it, you know, and there's also, um, you know, sales associates there and, and people to help you, but you can do the process also digitally. Huh. Yeah. So, and then as you add things digitally, 
to your shopping list, you then go to the physical dressing room and the things that you've selected digitally are are there in the room for you to try on. That's really cool. So I wonder, is that something that like, you know, a customer can kind of look at those things at home and select the items that they want ready for their dressing room when we, when they get to the store? I haven't exactly seen that specific thing, but it's that kind of thinking that is building this new world. Uh huh. And then just one other thing I want to say on the, um, you know, like this idea of the physical, the digital coming into the physical retail, American Eagle is also trying out some really new, interesting things in their fitting rooms. And, um, They've got some, they've got touchscreen mirrors where through the screen, you can keep a running tab of the clothes that you're looking to buy, which I think is really great. And um, you can. So you can see like pricing, like in your, your total and that sort of. Wow. Wow. Um, You can ask for different sizes, you know, so you don't have to Uh like race out there. Half naked. <laughs> um, and then it, the mirrors also suggest complementary products for what you have. So, and then I was also, you know, like Topshop and Uniqlo, they're trying out some things with um, mirrors where you can change the color. So let's say, hmm. you know, I've got on a shirt that I like, but oh, you know, I saw that other color. And then I press on the mirror and it shows me what it would look like in that other color, maybe with more pants I'm also considering. So, yeah. So smart. Yeah, it makes me want to go try it. Like, I feel like I don't believe it until I see it. (laughs) The day is here, I promise. (laughs) But trend number five, so all this cool stuff is happening. Um, And what we're talking about really is the customer experience, the front-end experience. But one of the things that's really revolutionary, and we talk a lot about this at Command-C, is that these kind of... uh, kind of leaps forward in technology are also improving the back end for retail. So trend mm-hmm. number five is that retail tech is creating a smarter supply chain. Inventory management is finally making sense, um, particularly with all the omni-channel capabilities. You know, it's been this idea of like sort of a coconut shell game, like where's the the shirt that I need to find to get over to the store in Los Angeles or whatever that may be like, that's all available in real time. There's notifications when inventory starts to run low. Um, there's, you know, all sorts of notifications that can happen. Like if you need to reorder from a supplier, um, just basically that there's, that the back end ecosystem for retail businesses has is undergoing a transformation as thoroughly as the retail industry as a whole is. I can vouch just, you know, from being at Command C, like the uptick in clients who are really looking to optimize their back end, I mean, just in the past year has skyrocketed. Like you we really only used to talk about optimization from a front end or, you know, driving traffic to the site or converting more users on the site. And now optimization of the back end is really its own category. Um, that is like here and and it's it's it is its own thing. So, and it brings the company so much more efficiency. Yes. 
Yeah. You know, I mean, I, I, conversions aren't just about, um, you know, the actual like transactional sale. Like we think about conversions also in terms of um, how much time is your customer service team saving because they don't have to input data in three different places, all that, that they input it in one place and it's shared across all the channels that need to access that data. You're listening to ReCommerce, a podcast for e-commerce wearable brands navigating technical complexity and change. Brought to you by Command-C, a development team that saves e-commerce retailers from outdated tech and ineffective operations, with a strong focus on Magento and Shopify+. Plus. You can learn more about how we help at commandc.com. All right. So next up, we've got trend number six, and that is that cross-border e-commerce continues to grow. Um, There's a company called Wildcard. They do uh, retail payment systems, and they did a survey late last year of a thousand, approximately, let's say, a thousand respondents asking about their e-commerce habits. And it turned out that Uh, over 40% of those thousand people said that they had bought something from another country within the 60 days prior to the survey. Wow. That's a lot. Right. That's, that's high. And the number one reason they cited for getting something from another country was because it was something unique. Hmm. So I just think this really interesting, you know, like I know sometimes we hear like, Oh, things are consolidating beyond control. And, and this type thing. But yet, I think people, I, I very much believe people really have an interest in authentic, unique products that suit them specifically. Um, and we really see that with the growth of cross-border e-commerce. Yeah. And that's good news in the Shopify world because Shopify Plus just released uh, multi-currency functionality, which has been a pain point for them for a very long time. So this is this is coming right on time. Right. Yeah, absolutely. They're, they're, they're on it for that. That's for sure. It's, it's an important trend forward. Another trend that, um, and this isn't so much a new trend, but let's say that it's very much trending, which is trend number seven, mobile matters more than ever. Mm. And the, you know, looking to Black Friday of 2018, um, you know, just a few months ago, TechCrunch reported that um, the percentage of sales on Black Friday alone last year was up 23% from 2017. Wow. So over $6 billion was spent on Black Friday. And more than a third of that, 33.5%, were coming from smartphones. Mm. An additional 10% of that was coming from tablets. Hmm. So you've got, you know, over 43% of these sales happening mobily. Now, there's a few reasons why mobile is so important. One that we all know, we have our phones with us all the time, you know, so Anytime we go to look up something, we're going to be on our phone. Mm-hmm. Um, secondly, we've got uh, the 5G network is going to be coming. You know, there's various reports of when that'll exactly be, but 
no matter when exactly the point being that the network just is getting better and better. So the habits we have around our phone are going to only embed themselves more deeply in our lives. Yeah. And I can't say I'm surprised by that number. Um, well, by this trend, but I am still surprised by that number. It seems like every year I'm like, wow, really? Like this, this is taking off quickly. And then the next year I'm like, this is still taking off extremely rapidly. Absolutely. Absolutely. And, you know, I think there's also something to say for the fact that our phones themselves are getting better. Yeah. Just this past year, um, Apple embedded the ability to do augmented reality shopping with your phone. So for example, you know, Shopify um, released the case study on Magnolia market, which is like a, it's from the show. I forgive me. I forget the name of the show, but it's a very. Fix rapper. Okay. Okay. It's a- Joe and Chip. Come on. There you How go, there could you, you ever forget Joe and Chip? <laughs> You're absolutely right. Okay. I'm so glad you remembered because they're hugely popular and they have, you know, like they have really cool like home products. Well, now, you know, you can go to their store, look through your phone and pick a base and then show it on your shelf, you know, yeah. in your own home, you can see it. And Apple also made that possible just within Shopify itself. Mm-hmm. I said, sorry, I meant um, Apple also made that possible just within Safari itself. Mm-hmm. So the, you know, we're already using our phones to shop. The network's getting faster. Our phone's capabilities getting better. So mm-hmm. it's on the rise still. Then next we've got trend number eight. And this one I think may come as a relief to a lot of retailers. Trend number eight is better data, not more data. Ah. (laughs) Right? Right? Because we've all been, you know, I feel like the message for the last few years has been like, oh my gosh, you've got to like data, data, data. data, data, know every bit and point of, of your data. And data is super important. But there's been kind of some sanity coming to the world of data. And the idea being that it's more important to know the authentic, important points of the data for your business than it is to know every single last bit. Like, what What do you mean by that exactly? Well, honestly, be something as simple as like paying closer attention to your Instagram interactions versus huh. like maybe knowing level four kind of analytics in Google Analytics, you know, and just, you know, because I think what in the race to to gather so much data, sometimes retailers like and who's to blame them, right? Like, you know, we're, we're all wanting to get more information or so it seems, but sometimes we kind of leapfrog over the, the most important things like, or the most Mm -hmm. obvious things. Mm -hmm. So there's kind of, there's like a, a reshuffling here where retailers are really taking charge of their own data and saying, no, I'm going to pay attention to what I need to know. And I'm, I'm yeah. going to like so thoroughly sweat, you know, the, the yeah. 10 more other rings that I could go down into. 
Yeah, I mean, we're always saying that data without context is meaningless, right? Because like a KPI for one company could be completely meaningless for the next company. Um, so you have to have to bring context to, to the numbers that you're looking at. Absolutely. Absolutely. And like, what do you want to grow? Like, what's right. the strategy behind what it is your company specifically wants to grow? Number nine, trend number nine, omni-channel retailers work towards single customer view. So with this one, um, a lot's been said about omni-channel. We are all experiencing omni-channel. How I explain this one is let's say you and I are working on a project at work. Um, we're going to talk about it. Uh, via email. We're going to talk about it in person meetings. We're probably going to go to lunch. It might come up. We're going to slack about it. We might post about it on a bulletin board in Basecamp. My point being a lot of different ways. So if one day we're working on this project and I say to you, oh, you know what? I don't, I haven't actually registered anything about this project that you told me on email. I only was following our lunch conversations, right? Like you'd say, well, that's not that doesn't really quite work for me, you know, <laughs> like that's not, that's not going to move the project forward, but that's what, that's what we're doing in retail. You know, we're thinking uh -huh. that we're not seeing the unification that I'm going into a physical store, buying a pair of pants and then going home and getting on my mobile phone and wondering about that jacket I also saw and whether or not I should get it. And then looking for a promo code, you know what I mean? There's like many steps that in this omni-channel world, that's like a prism of different ways that customers approach a brand. So mm -hmm. a lot of the technology, a lot of effort, let's say, is going to be made in technology moving forward to help retailers define a single customer view to like really see the history of the way a, someone has interacted with their brand over time. That's so cool. Yeah. And so much room for innovation. Absolutely. There. Absolutely. Now, one thing I will say with that in mind is that you'll, you know, retailers will want to be on a platform, a modern platform that will be receptive to that kind of technology. Like yeah. as we move forward, retailer, retail is getting complex, right? I also say it's getting mm -hmm. a lot of fun, you know, and I think a lot of retailers mm -hmm. feel that way. Like it's really exciting to be able to do these cool things. Custom mm -hmm. systems and legacy systems and things like that are going to probably be um, feel burdensome. You know, we just did a, uh, another podcast about choosing the right platform, mm -hmm. right? And it's like you want to make sure that you're choosing a platform where the, the the platform itself is perpetually innovating and you know rapidly releasing new features and functionality because i mean these tools will be great but if your e-commerce site can't integrate with them exactly uh -uh. exactly absolutely and um so then another area where some really cool tools are coming out is in personalization and number 10 <laughs> personalization is now the cost of entry into retail. And, um, you know, I think one of the industry leaders on this has been Stitch Fix, um, has definitely paved the road here. Um, when you sign up to do Stitch Fix, 
it takes about 15 minutes. They ask all sorts of questions and it's everything from sizing questions to shape questions, you know, like, uh, are you triangle shaped or hourglass shaped or, you know, whatnot, all these different, you know, kinds of questions. And then also, um, personal affinity kind of questions. Like, you know, do you like a mini skirt or a long flowy skirt? Do you like, or, you know, whatever it might be. Um, so And in that process, they come up with over 80 useful data points per customer. So, you know, then they can like really build a rapport with someone. And so, you know, and that's, you know, we all know Stitch Fix is a large company and, you know, they had their IPO and everything, but personalization is applicable to retailers at any scale. And um, I think one a great way to do it is is through surveys. You know, you can just somebody comes onto your site and you say, "Let us style you." You know, and you start off like, "Okay, are you going on a first date or are you going on a job interview?" You know, mm-hmm. and just starting to um, build that rapport with people, and um, and. I think that's the, that's the kind of relationships that keep customers coming back. But, you know, as we said earlier in our conversation, you know, it was thought that technology was going to like take the people out of retail and we're just really seeing technology engage people in retail. Wow. I mean, these just make me so excited to be in the world of e-commerce. It's so, it's such an innovative space. It's so, it's so cool. Thank you for bringing these up today. And, um, it's been a great, great conversation. I really enjoyed it. Likewise. Likewise. I'll talk to you soon. Looking forward. Talk to you soon. Bye. Bye. Thanks for listening. We hope you join us again for another episode of ReCommerce.